0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the FYE Podcast. My name is Nicholas Balderas, and I'll be your host today. In this episode, we will be discussing the Campus Food Insecurity Initiative with Ms. Jayshir Bot, along with Ms. Ana Davila and Oscar Zavala. And of course, we have our amazing student gurus, Kirsten Salinas, Jerry Galino, and Jasmine Campos, who will be joining us in the conversation. So I'm going to take a moment to let my guests introduce themselves. Uh, Ms. Bot, let's go ahead and start with you.
1: Sure, thank you so much, Nicholas. So my name is Jay Bak, and I'm the Assistant Vice President for the Office of Professional Education Workforce Development, and my office actually oversees all of the non-credit education programs for the university. So that includes continuing education, executive education um, and language institute. And in addition to that, we also get involved in workforce development type of activities to help our students develop professional skills. Uh, while they're in college. So the reason I mentioned that is because the, the campus food security initiative falls under that part of our office. You know, we're addressing a need that exists on campus. Well, that need exists everywhere, food insecurity, right? But we have decided to address food insecurity through creating an opportunity for a lot of our students to get involved in this and be trained and do the work while they're developing professional soft skills, right? So, there's one major need that we're trying to address, but then we are addressing it in a very unique and innovative way. So, I'll get into more details about that a little later, but for now, I think I'll I'll let Anna and Oscar introduce themselves as well, and then we can get to, um, you know, you guys can introduce yourself and get to the questions.
2: So my name is Ana Zavila. I am a graduate assistant for the Campus Food Security Initiative under the Professional Workforce uh, Development Department, and, and I work under uh, Ms. Thought. I joined the team recently. I'm working on my master's in business analytics, and I'm excited to, to be in the podcast and, and to be working with this, this important initiative that impacts, you know, not only our student body, but our, also our community at UTRGB, whether that's staff, faculty, any employees.
3: Uh, My name is Oscar Savala. I'm also a graduate assistant. Uh, I work under the PEWD office. Uh, However, I'm concentrating on the Campus Food Security Initiative. Currently going for my MBA with a concentration in business analytics. Um, I'm happy to be part of this initiative. I've never been part of anything like this, and it's it's great to see what we're doing and the impact that we're having.
0: Just to go ahead and get started, uh, my name is Nicholas Balderas. I'm a graduate assistant with the Office of Student Success. Let's go ahead and take a moment and let our gurus introduce themselves.
3: I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my name is Jay Galindo. I also work with the First Year Experience team, and I help here on the podcast and across our social medias and doing live events for our students. And uh, it's great to be talking to everyone today. Uh, My name is Gerson Salinas. I'm a work-study as well. I'm a junior and uh, part of the podcast team here in the First Year Experience.
4: Um, My name is Jasmine. I'm currently a senior also. I'm actually a part of the BSM, where you guys actually do all of the marketplace and I believe you guys also partner with Global Blend sometimes. So I'm really excited to be talking to you guys.
1: Yes, the partnership is actually with the BSM Global Brands because they do have this healthy versions of the sandwiches and smoothies. So that's you know I'll get into more details about how we came to partner with them. But can I ask you guys something about the first year experience, Nicholas? Can you share a little bit of detail about what first year, first year experience um, you know tries to tries to do?
0: So first year experience is an initiative to help. First-year students, we have various programs where we do outreach to help them transition from not only high school but from second-year institutions. And at the same time, we have programming to have campus community, so we kind of bring students together to just have certain resources. And uh, point of this podcast is to go ahead and give the students an opportunity to listen and what kind of resources there are in the university, because there's a lot of different programming going on. So this particular episode is kind of reaching out to students who are struggling with food insecurity. So really one of my first questions is how do we identify food insecurity and what are some of the effects that students are struggling with?
1: How do we go about, you know, identifying food insecurity? That data is available nationwide, especially college campuses are known to Um, you know, have higher level and higher rates of students that experience hunger. So on our campus, there was a group of students, graduate students, that are part of the Sustainability Fellowship Program that really started looking into this a little deeper last year in April 2019, where they started um, studying this and they actually administered a survey Um, to um, a sample size of the campus population. And surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, this was a self-reported response, you know, by students themselves. And the results indicated that 44% of them indicated that they're experiencing hunger, right? So that is an alarming number, not so surprising though, because that is maybe it's a little higher than the national average, but then there are some socioeconomic conditions and other factors that influence hunger on campus here more, maybe more than other campuses that are considered a little more affluent, right? So another set of sustainability fellows kind of took it a little further in the fall when they studied, you know, they started off with this that, that data. And they started seeing what is causing that data and what are some of the ways that can be addressed, right? So they identified that although there are some resources that are available on campus, such as the food pantry and there's community garden on campus as well, Uh, but they identified that even though there's some resources available, you know, two or three things were identified as the gap, you know, that is causing this food insecurity to continue on campus. One of them is that You know, maybe the information is not readily available for a lot of students, right? And we're a commuter campus. A lot of information might be available at times, but there's no systematic way of reaching out to the students with that information directly. What you guys are doing is great in that sense. You know what I'm saying? You're connecting the first-year students to the resources that are available on campus. So going back to the reasons that they identified that it was causing the gap to continue was that one the access to information right. And access to the resource itself was a gap as well, because sometimes, um, you know, the food pantry, for example, it is situated, it's run by student employees who have limited number of hours that they can contribute to this. So it may or may not be available 24-7, although to their credit, they've done a tremendous job of going online, setting up online purchasing. It's free to all students. I don't know if many students are available, but they can actually order them online free of cost. And, and use them as well, because picking them up is prob- probably an issue because it's not located next to a parking lot per se. You know, there are some, some of these factors that might be influencing the utilization of the campus resources. That was the number two that they identified, right? And the third one was when you're looking at addressing hunger, the first thing that comes up is economy, right? Cost of accessing the food. So, yes, you know, we might have non-perishable items available through the food pantry and there's uh, other resources as well. But really, when when it comes down to, um, you know, accessing free resources, sometimes students are also deterred by the fact that there's labeling involved. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to be labeled as hungry or uh, accessing free food uh, and things like that.
0: Uh, what are some of the programs uh, you're featuring for to help students? Um, I know many students are, that are struggling. I have personally used these, you know, when the pandemic happened. So I think it's really important for us to reach out to these population of students that maybe seem to be kind of insecure personally about, you know, reaching out. But I think it's really helpful to get involved. So uh, what are what are some of these programs?
1: So because one of the identified factors were labeling, right? People don't wanna be labeled as hungry or accessing free food, it was important for us to come up with a, a strategy that makes that puts everyone in the same bracket. You know what I'm saying? So basically we just wanted to remove the labeling and create an environment where everyone can have access to healthy and nutritious food that doesn't have to cost a dime and a nickel for them. So what we did is we actually partnered with Baptist Student Ministries Global Blend. You know, that's where our partnership comes in, right? So because I was uh, purviewed to this information that there's hunger on campus that needs to be addressed— and workforce development and finding innovative ways to um, create opportunities for our students is part of my responsibility. And I was aware that BSM Global Blends had been running their pay what you feel type of deli, and pretty much across the street from uh, the campus in Edinburgh, I went to their director and I said, you know what, we want to partner with you guys, you know, not only extend what you offer, but we also want to bring in the Campus Food Security Initiative's mission, which is to address hunger on campus and also provide easy access to locally grown, locally sourced, fresh produce Um, And make it easily available at this pay what you feel model so that anyone can go in there. They can pay 50 cents or they can pay $10 for the same amount of food and the same amount of produce without being labeled. That is how this campus food security initiative kind of took shape. And even though the idea was discussed about January of this year, we were actually all set to kind of launch this in February and then. COVID-19 hit us, right? So we had to take a back seat for about a month or two as COVID-19 evolved. And we came to realize by April that pandemic is now resulting in a lot more unemployment. Uh, A lot more of our students might be experiencing this hunger as a result of losing jobs and other factors than they did before. So it became even more important to launch this. But we had the constraints of, The, you know, the guidelines that we needed to follow, right? CDC had very strict guidelines about social distancing and a few other things had to be um, followed. But nevertheless, the need to address this, despite those constraints, became even more important and more paramount than ever before. So April is when we launched this program to answer your questions, specific questions about programs that are embedded within the Campus Food Security Initiative, because our goal is to address hunger, but not just address hunger, trying to address issues that may lead to a positive behavior change in the students. In their eating habits because you can address hunger by giving them food but any type of food doesn't necessarily need to better productivity in the classroom better uh, overall health lifestyle so we're going after all of that in the background but we want to do more of a transformational effect that will come out of this initiative so that's why we are doing the weekly produce stand on Fridays, 10 to 12 on both campuses. So um, we actually make fresh produce available to the campus community. And because we have this partnership with BSM Global Blends, we have access to the kitchen. And so we have a food preparation team that works under the direction of of an established chef who is really good at understanding nutrition, flavor. So they are learning under the direction of this professional chef and um, producing these wonderful plant-based meals that are made available on every Friday. So that is one way. Right. But we're really what we're going after is engaging and educating and empowering the students and generally students, because it is a student, I guess, student facing initiative. So we really want to go about it. That way. So those are some of the main things that we're doing. But underlying goal is to kind of go after the behavior change. So we're, you know, really active on social media, we're trying to engage the student organizations as well. So there are several programs that are kind of evolving as we get into the eighth or ninth month of this initiative. Uh, One of them includes the webinars where students will be um, connected to the local experts that understand, you know, food, sustainability, nutrition, healthy lifestyles and all of those things. So those are all some of the programs that are currently being offered through this initiative.
3: I just wanted to ask, um, uh, where can we find you on social media?
2: Sure. So we are on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we also have a YouTube channel, you can find all information there. But our uh, handle is utrgb.cfsi, which obviously stands for Campus Food Security Initiative. Um, and like I said, on Instagram, we, we post our content and what meals you can you could do that it might not be related to what we're, we're um, offering on Fridays, but Throughout the week, you can make avocado toast or just easy recipes that students that are living on campus and don't have maybe an entire kitchen at their disposal can still prepare healthy meals with simple items that they might already have.
0: So um, you mentioned the pandemic and you mentioned that at the launch of the program, it was like the start of the pandemic. And I guess during that time, a lot of students probably were not only struggling with food. So how has the department kind of, you know, worked with the pandemic? And I know you mentioned a couple of things, but what was that effect? You know, did you happen to see more students um, coming to get help? Or was there maybe like a decrease in students? How, how was that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So we do measure the data on a weekly basis because this is primarily for the campus community. So we encourage faculty, staff and students to attend our weekly events. We scan their IDs to to see who they are who are coming in and whether they're students, faculty or staff. By saying that, I'm not saying that we actually say it's close to the non-campus community because we take the stance that any community member that comes to these events happens to be an affiliate of one of our students or faculty or staff. So we take that stand. So we get a good number of what we would call community members. But having said that, they could be family members of our campus community, Uh, But a good number of students, so initially, just to give you an idea of the number of people that we served in the initial stages of this initiative, on an average, we served about 150 people between the two campuses, a lot more on Edinburgh campus than Brownsville campus, primarily because in the Edinburgh campus initially, we also had prepared fresh plant-based meals available. So that kind of added to the number of people that accessed our Friday's events, um, so we, we offer that. And then, um, as far as the effect of the pandemic itself, you know, so obviously in the, the beginning months, there were a lot of constraints that we experienced, you know, not just about following CDC guidelines, but also we had a team of 10 undergraduate students that we had hired to perform different aspects of this initiative. Two of them were helping with the, university, uh, the university's farm called the Hub of Prosperity. Um, in terms of increase in the output there. Two students were hired to source the food every week because sourcing the produce itself is, is a lot of work. You know, people don't realize it. We have to figure out whether we can get it directly from the farms the growing season comes to an end in late spring early summer we go through a dry patch in the local area where there's fresh produce not available directly through the farmer so we had to switch over to fresh produce distributors that we could purchase it from and then we also experienced our team itself student teams getting sick or getting exposed to the you know covid there was a lo- there were so many challenges that came up along the way but one thing that was really, really strong is that there was a very strong team of students guided by me and you know um, other advisors that were in place. Uh, but also, they were learning how to problem solve, you know, how to learn from the challenges and not be uh, deterred by the challenges because challenges create create opportunities, right? So, so that, so I would like to proudly say that the team has not only survived through the pandemic, but also thrive. Because from one week to the other, I've had to make so many changes in the way we did it, right? So the team had to adapt to that very quickly and uh, deliver on a weekly basis. But going back to the end user population, how the pandemic has affected the end user population, right? So the students, the number of students that we serve um, over the period of the night, the seven to eight months that we've been doing this has um, remained steady but maybe we've seen a decline in the overall population that is accessing our Fridays events a lot of factors have contributed to that people are no longer as afraid as they used to be to go to the grocery store you know what i'm saying so they might be going to the grocery stores more often to get the produce and other things but but you know from an end user perspective i was just doing some research in preparation for this and i saw that the Feeding America, which is a nonprofit national nonprofit that really studies, had put out a, a you know report recently about the effect of pandemic itself on foods food insecurity. Right? You'll be so surprised that it actually shows from 2018 to 2020, projected annual food insecurity rate is uh, is expected to go up by 4.1 percent. Okay. So in the overall population, it will be about 15% of the population experiencing really dire food insecurity. And then it also looks at the projected number of food insecure people. And there, um, in, in in the number of people, the expectation is that it'll go up by 13%. So that, to me, is an indication that, you know, campuses are kind of a stratum of the society, right? So we will see that happening on campuses itself and campuses as well. But maybe um, on campuses like ourselves, which is kind of situated in a region that is considered, you know, more uh, socioeconomically lower, then we might see that even more. You know what I'm saying? So that is where the importance of this initiative comes into the picture.
4: As a student, I actually live really close near campus. So as the pandemic started, like you mentioned, (laughs) Some people were like go jobs and it was harder to, I mean, just um, maintain food. Obviously we have fast food restaurants and a lot of third party like delivery options that can deliver fast food to your door. It was great to have the option of a pay what you feel program with so many fresh veggies that I can just weekly like stock up so that I can not only be fed, but also be healthy. I think every week you guys have like a small little meal. I know sometimes you guys have lentil soup there and have been so good. And I know you guys also have, like you mentioned, a lot of students who are working with you guys as well. I know a few of them who've worked with you in the past and some of them who are working with you now. How have you guys been impacted through working with Food Security Initiative? Um, I think for me personally, so I
2: joined in in October and at the time I was living in uh, California, I was making my move back to Texas, partially because of the pandemic. There's a, a, a big part in taking advantage of this time and being with family because you don't know what's going to happen. And Uh, Luckily, this position was available and I had just started my master's and so everything kind of fit into place. Um, But how it's impacted me directly there is in the in the weeks that I've been part of the initiative, I've already learned so many different types of recipes that I had no idea. The other day we did spinach uh, muffins and you add a little bit of ginger to it and the flavor has you know exploded. I think I've, I've tried to implement and, and my, uh, the students that we work with as well have implemented drinking smoothies in, a, in the morning, making sure that you do have your veggie serving throughout the day because you can go especially with veggies aren't a big part of our plate you know it's it's normally the meat and potatoes that's what your meal is and of course that stems from the culture but also part of that is there was there's a lot of food insecurity and so whatever you can get whether that's um rice and beans those are the two options that you have and, and a lot of people that's what they're used to right so vegetables are very expensive. Organic vegetables are very expensive. So it makes it way more difficult. And um, the students that work with us as well, if there's produce left over, we're able to take some of that as well. And we're able to donate as we feel as well, because we're also students. So it it slowly creeps into your life in a very positive way, which I didn't completely expect that to happen. Um, And I had already started implementing some smoothings in the mornings and, and that, but you, be, you start to become more conscious about what you're putting into your body um, and how it really does impact everything around you. You feel better and that makes you more productive and that makes you more energetic and so on and so forth. Uh, and then at the same time, it makes you realize that you're not the only one that is struggling, that other people are struggling more than you are or less than you are, that it's not just students. that it's also camp, It can also be staff. It can also be faculty. That could happen to any of us. We're not going to always be at a winning position. And um, yeah, it's it's eye-opening to see that.
3: Yeah, uh, so it's it's been really cool to work for this initiative. I've never, ever worked for anything like this. Uh, I'm coming off of the private sector. And, and so like over there, all they really care about is how much money they can get and all that. And here they really care about the students and the campus community. And um, it's very motivating. And it's, uh, uh, I guess, enlightening in a way. Of what we're doing, and I've worked, you know, giving out the food and interacting with individuals who come, and it's it's very inspiring, to, you know, to see the impact that we're having on the community. So I'm very happy to work for this initiative, um, and also, you know, ever so slightly, day by day, it's been impacting me in the way of like just like Anna said, you know, and like oh, you know, maybe I should eat this instead of this, or you know. um Eat more vegetables and fruits. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's all I eat, but uh, ever so slightly, it's creeping in. You know, I, I, instead of a bag of chips, I'll go for a, you know, a sticky cucumber or something like that.
1: And to add to what you said, Oscar, the in, the intent of this initiative is not to say you completely change your lifestyle or you completely replace the food on your plate. It's just to give them, like Anna said, enough motivation to yeah change certain things in their eating habits to incorporate more fruit and vegetables. And because we constantly hear about how good they are to you, your body. But a lot of times when you have limited resources, the first thing people think about is, you know, I can go through the drive-thru for three bucks. I can get a lot of food. Why don't you, why don't I just eat that today and worry about tomorrow? But instead we're telling them, if, if you have limited resources, that's fine. You can still eat healthy. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the underlying goal of this initiative yeah. to kind of go after that behavior change, slowly yeah. but surely.
3: Yeah, and I get uh, it's, it's also a great uh, option for students to have, you know, so.
4: Yeah, I think it's definitely made it more accessible. And I know last week you guys were giving cucumbers. So yeah. a lot of times this week, I'll like find myself, ooh, I should just walk to Stripes and get hot Cheetos or something. <laughs> but like you were mentioning, like, um, yeah, money can be tight as a college student sometimes. Exactly. So I think back to the cucumbers and I'm like, I should just eat that with some fidechas or chamoy or something like it just makes it easier and not like guilt tripping yourself but it's kind of like cucumbers is going to be a better option in the long run than hot cheetos from the corner store i'll
2: also add on that we that lemons were part of the produce last week and so cucumber and lemon i mean that is a very very good snack that i absolutely love sometimes you add a little bit of trechas or you add a little bit of salt and it it changes the the flavor dr- dramatically. So I think overall, we try to also provide produce that is going to mesh well um, and potentially tie into the meals that we're also giving on the side, right? So maybe you're like, I don't know, I'm allergic to avocados. There was avocados that were left this week, but there's meals that have something else that you you can purchase for that Friday or that weekend.
1: Other than Jasmine, have have the uh, have the rest of you access to our weekly uh, fresh produce and prepared meals. Uh, have you come to those events?
0: Yeah, I actually live really close to the campus as well. I mean, my experiences with the uh, produce, um, the last time I went, they actually gave me an entire bag of veggies. And it was quite a bit. I mean, I, I made a donation. The veggies itself, they were actually really, really good. And it was enough to make a whole pot of soup because they gave me like two potatoes, some carrots. And I just threw all that in a pot and made some soup. And I think this particular initiative is like, a really great way for students just to get some of that extra healthy food. Um, I wanted to go into another question. and It was kind of about the role of farmers. You mentioned agriculture and I guess like local farmers being involved in the program. Um, how is the agricultural industry helping with those food insecurities and how what is their involvement with the program?
1: So I, I won't be able to, I'll take this question initially and then Anna and Oscar can chime in. But, you know, I won't be able to speak on behalf of the farmers, uh, but I can tell you, um, why farmers are such an integral part of this initiative, right? Valley economy has primarily been an agro economy. You know, it has depended, depended so much on the agriculture, right? So, um, and so, you know, it is also the largest, um, it is also an area where Produce can be grown, vegetables can be grown at least eight to nine months out of the year, right? Because of the the beautiful weather that we have down here. So um, farmers become extremely important because they are producing. But what I've noticed, though, is that there's also a gap in the, you know, farm to market type of, uh, you know, the, the system in the sense that a lot of farmers are involved in growing but small farmers don't have access to distributors or uh, large, you know, companies like ATV or others who may not buy, you know, uh, produce directly from them because it takes a lot of planning and training and everything that the farmers need as well to produce at that level. So our goal is to connect the farmers directly to the consumers through this initiative. Um, and initially we were purchasing organic fresh produce from the farmers because we started this initiative. Back in April, when the produce uh, season was at, at its peak, right. But um, so that in itself makes it easy for us to say, you know what? If you need fresh produce, whether organic, which is you know relatively expensive, or just gr- grown locally, right? We can we can create that access for students to purchase it directly from the farmers themselves. In a way that creates this network of people that access the farm products, you know, whether it's, you know, for some people, it could be the meat as well. It doesn't have to be something that's just vegetables that are grown in, you know, poultry, chicken, everything is grown in farm as well, right? So they're all, as long as they're coming directly from nature to the consumer, that is our goal, to connect, you know, the consumers to um, the farmers that are producing them naturally. Anna, Oscar, do you guys have anything to share?
2: Yeah, I think um, like you mentioned, vegetables and fruits and all, all of that is seasonal. So we have to work with farmers and what is available throughout the seasons to see what we can provide. So um, that can kind of changes over the months and over the weeks. We we try to source it the, the most we can uh, locally and from specific small farmers and whatnot. And we have students that actually reach out and make connections with those farmers. Um, which I think is a very important part for student experience, right? That's firsthand hands-on experience of communicating and working with local farmers and, and seeing what the possibility is of participating in one of our webinars or participating in uh, a, a making of a video or, or what their process looks like. Um, not just in providing produce, right? Because they, they contribute more than just produce. Um, they're, they're literally a part of our community. And so, uh, Connecting our students to those farmers it is also a big part of the initiative that I think it, it should not go unmentioned. Expanding
3: on what Ana said, like um, our weekly we- webinars that we're working on, um, we host these lives that, that we show, you know, recipes and stuff like that. But we're working on, you know, getting to contact with more farmers and, you know, showing the experience of, you know, to make that connection of students, you know, and community to the farmers. Is there a need right now for the initiative to have like more volunteers? And if so, if the student finds themselves say, they've been really liking um, what y'all have been providing and they feel like they can help either in like volunteer opportunities, where could they possibly contact you all?
1: Volunteers are always needed. Anytime that you're looking at running weekly events like this, it takes a lot of preparation. But the beauty of volunteering at this initiative is that volunteers can actually walk away with something tangible. You know what I'm saying? It's not just coming up and giving up three hours of your time. They could walk away with a bag full of produce freshly prepared, you know, a tasty meal. So that is the added incentive. So if they want to volunteer, they could email pewdoffice at utrgv.edu, and our staff will take it from there and connect you to the student team that, you know, that works on this initiative. That's the best way for, um, or they can call 665-6513. That's our office, the Office of PEWD number. To indicate that they're interested in volunteering and we'll take take them
2: in. The other way if that if emailing seems like too big of a role, you can always slide into our DMs and we'll connect to you and, and make sure that That's you're good ready point. to go um, to to volunteer and you don't have to do it every Friday or you don't have to do it every day or anything like that. We we'll take what we can get when it comes to, to volunteers. There's a lot of really cool benefits. Instagram utrgv CFSI and uh, Instagram you can look up um, The same or, I mean, I'm sorry, Facebook can you can look up the same or just type in Campus Food Security Initiative. So
0: we're rounding up to the end of our podcast episode, but I want to give the students one more time to maybe ask one more question. Um, does anyone else have an additional question they'd like to ask our guests?
3: I know that the uh, Fresh Produce one is on Fridays. Um, so what about the other programs?
2: So our weekly markets are on Fridays from 10 to 12. That's every Friday. Um, tentative is Thanksgiving week and Christmas week, likely not going to happen. But we're we're sending out emails every week as well with what's going on throughout the week. Our weekly webinars don't have an established date just yet because we are working with students, obviously, that have different student schedules. And depending on who our guest is that week, um, that time can change, right? So uh, that you can look out for that information on our Instagram. You can look for that on the email that we send. If you are not part of our list reach out to us and we'll make sure to add you on that as well through our Instagram and Facebook. Sometimes we also go live on Fridays to so just, you can see like, Hey, I don't know what produce is available. What's the vibe looking like? Check out our Instagram. We're going live on there as well. Um, and and then of course, like I said, keep keep a, a lookout for that email to see if anything new is, is added. We're constantly trying to innovate, Uh, different ways to reach our student population. We know emotions are high, not just because of the pandemic, you know, election week and uh, all kinds of things are happening this year, 2020. And so sometimes... Things can get overwhelming.
1: But to add to what Anna was saying, as far as the programs, was something new that we started doing this this week is that there is an online uh, presence for the Friday's prepped meal. Yeah. So people can actually place the order for these prepped meals in advance on a donation basis. Of course, it's not you know, there's no specific price attached to it. But the beauty of that is that the group will save their meals for them to pick up on Fridays. Like Anna said, emotions are high. People are kind of finding themselves lonely as well because everyone's cooped up inside, a remote, doing, you know. So this Friday's event gives people an opportunity to be outdoors, especially when the weather is really getting nicer, to be outdoors, to have those interactions. And on Edinburgh campus, BSM also makes smoothies, fresh coffee and other things that are available during the market as well. So that's why we're calling it the market because it's not just the fresh produce and the prepped meal. They also have coffee like gourmet coffee available at pay what you feel model. It doesn't get any better than that guys. So I would highly recommend that you test it out.
3: Yeah. And, uh, we're trying to work uh, with other student orgs to, for them to get involved. But unfortunately, you know, um, uh, not until November 20th because of COVID. They can't attend any events, on-campus events yet. But, you know, you can look out for that. You know, they, they'll they come to the market and add, you know, value to it.
0: And, of course, we'll go ahead and add your links to our description. And we'll go ahead and put that so we can go ahead and get students connected with you all. Um, I want to go ahead and thank Ms. Jayshir Bhatt, Mr. Oscar uh, Zavala, and Miss Anna Davila. Thank you for joining us in the FYE podcast. And you have a wonderful day.